It is the weekly crossover edition of the Locked On Big 12 podcast, the Locked On Horn Frogs podcast, the Locked On Sooners podcast, and the Locked On Pokes podcast. A whole lot to get to, coaching changes, especially at coordinator for all the schools we're going to discuss, and some more in the Big 12. Also, bowl games to look forward to, and college hoops really starting to take focus as college football kind of takes a step back as bowl season begins. All that coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it. I am Josh Neighbors of the Locked On Bay 12 podcast. To my right, it is Stephen Simcox of the Locked On Horn Frogs podcast. Below him is John Williams of the Locked On Sooners podcast. And to his left, below me, it is Linda uh, Godfrey. G- guys, I always get the names. Into the names, I, I, should, I should write it down. I should write yeah, it down. I almost, I almost miss somebody's names every single time. Linda Godfrey, Locked On Pokes podcast. Um, I am in Big 12 country, guys. I am in my girlfriend's basement in Kansas city. So it, it is nice to be in central time zone. I'll tell you guys that. Welcome. I, I, it's well, I, you know, went to school or went to university of Missouri, obviously four years. God's time zone is great. The games <laughs> come on just a little bit earlier. They finish just a little bit earlier, which is really nice. Um, so much going on in our conference. Let's start with the coaching stuff. So John, get to go to you first. You had a gangbusters episode on YouTube about, about Jeff Levy that did really, really well. So congrats on that. I, I know you just yeah, started crazy. the channel, done a great job with that. Um, the angle I want to take on it is this, is that he is somebody that could have a head coaching job right now. And he, his career is very similar to that of Kendall Bryles, the son of Art Bryles, the similarity there being that they were both at Baylor. I think from a coaching perspective, it is a, it's a great hire from a football perspective. It's a great hire. Awesome offense. Uh, Matt Corral swears by Jeff Levy and Matt Corral is going to be a first round pick. One of the first two quarterbacks taken most likely that is really important. That's a great notch in the half for quarterbacks to come. Uh, I also think because of his past, Oklahoma actually might luck out and actually might get to keep him for a while because, you know, after what happened at Baylor, look, I think there are some people that are fine taking a guy like that as a head coach, but you know, Kendall Bryle still doesn't have a job yet, and he's pretty well revered. And Jeff Lebby's a guy who's got a career, you know, could have gotten a job and has not gotten a head coaching job yet. So I want to start there from from that perspective. Like, I don't look. This, it's kind of the business, but there there is some there is some concerns, some some character concerns, I guess, when it comes to Jeff Lebby. But the football side of it's great. Any discussion about him is going to have to start with what happened at Baylor. Um, and I mean, obviously I don't really understand all the ins and outs of what happened there, um, but it's bad. I mean, what happened there under Art Bryles and, and the administration, the president on down is terrible and there's no getting, you can't skirt around that. You can't you know, justify it. You can't overlook it just because of somebody's talent level. Um. I really don't know how to adequately like talk about that all, except that it's terrible. Right. And it's something that he's going to have to address that Joe Castiglione is going to have to address. President Joseph Harris is going to have to address when they officially announce him. I think a lot of the delay in announcing him is just to let everybody's kind of emotions 
go through it and then be able to, that way they can address kind of the public aspect of it um, as a group, have their kind of response put together, but it's going to be something that follows them, you know, and, and as it should, you know, right. if, if the allegations about him are accurate in that he was aware of some circumstances that were going on and, and even though he passed him up the chain of command, if he didn't report him to exactly. authorities, that still, that still falls on him. And as something he's got to live with, you know, there have been a couple of different schools that have, you know, given him opportunities at this point in time, it's like Southeastern. And then obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the Josh Heupel connection, it, it, you know, he, they, they knew each other from their Oklahoma days. So that's right. not a surprise, but a guy like Danny white, who was the AD at UCF, you know, going kind of going to bat for him. I think that carries a little bit of weight. And then, um, you know, and then just the opportunity that he's getting now, you know, I, you know, so I, I I'm a believer in forgiveness. Right. At the same time, like you're never going to get rid of your past. Like this is going to be something that kind of follows him. And, you know, it's something that hopefully every institution learns from moving forward. Like the, what happened at Baylor can't happen again. It can't happen anywhere else. And part of why Kendall Bryles and Art Bryles haven't gotten jobs yet is because nobody wants to attach themselves to the name that, oversaw this this terrible situation that happened to numerous women that should have never happened it should have never happened and it, it doesn't matter if you're a woman a man have daughters don't nobody should be comfortable with the idea of something like this going down and again like i said i, I believe in forgiveness it's part I believe of sports in, it's the problem yeah, right it it's, is. Like, it's, it's part of our it's like i mean you see it at every level Kevin Tra- well Kevin's track record i mean kevin is hired DJ Durkin, who had a kid die under his watch at Maryland. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's you know that that he's a decent coach. Like we saw it this year with that, that Ole Miss defense. But that is, I mean, that's inexcusable. And then he had no problem hiring Kendall Bryles at FAU. It was, it's that's where he looked. Um, and then Stephen, I want to ask you about this because you know you're very familiar with with Baylor. Levy was one of those guys who was implicated because a, a student, former student, uh, Dolores Lozano, had said that she had gone and she notified. Um, Levy that a you know that a, one of the running backs had assaulted her multiple occasions, and Levy is in a w- weird spot because he was Art Bryles. Uh, he's I think he's still son in law, son in law still right. Yeah. I they're still together, and you know like what he, it's tough right when you bring it up to the coach and what does the coach say? Now he's been an unabashed supporter of Art Bryles, so there's a, there's an element of com- you know complicitness there. How do you feel about the situation? Because I think we all do actually agree like. The football side of this, John and I talked about it. There was some concern. Hey, what do you do offensively to make sure you can still get high-level recruits? Well, Levy's the guy that's still going to get high-level offensive players to come there. So let's put that part of it aside, you know, as we discuss this. But what were your thoughts, Stephen, you know, just kind of as he makes his way up through the coaching ranks? Yeah, so I'll talk about Levy, and I'll also uh, sort of spin this to the school I cover because they also made a hire that um, is related to a coach that was on that Baylor staff. But mm. as far as Jeff Levy goes, I think the the unabashed supporter of Art Bryles is an important distinction because, um, you know, Jeff was one of the guys. There was a game in 2015. That was the year after Art was dismissed, and Jeff Grobe was the head coach, and all the assistants were still basically there. Um, and, like, I'll just be real with you that that coaching staff quit on those kids like they lost to texas there was an article in the wall street journal 
that was pretty uh, damning about their involvement in, you know, the scandal and what they knew. And they flat out quit on that football team. And they went from 6-0 and to 6-6, and and they won a bowl game. And, like, that's not the most important thing. The football aspect is not the most important thing of it. But before they played uh, TCU that year at McLean Stadium, there were people outside selling T-shirts that said CAB on them, which mm-hmm. did for Coach Art Bryles. Um, and allegedly Jeff Levy had some financial stake in that. And he was out, you know, he was part of selling that. So, you know, to me, that's not somebody who was contrite and aware of, you know, the responsibility that that coaching staff had and what happened. And I think the problem here is, and I don't know what Joe Castiglione is going to say about this, but I imagine it's going to be something in the effect of, well, we vetted him, you know, we talked with him individually, we feel at peace about this. But I, I think the issue is like, these are public allegations, which means I think this vetting process has to go through, uh, you know, a public sphere of some sort. Like we need to hear from Jeff Levy. Like, what did you learn from that experience? What did you do? Do you feel like you had any responsibility? Do you feel like that coaching staff had any responsibility? Because like, in my mind, forgiveness has to come from a place of the other person apologizing, right? Like they have to say, right. We did. This isn't Michael Vick going to prison and like serving his debt to society. That's not what this is. Yes. I mean, like those guys have, you're, you're totally right. Like there are people on that staff that probably would be head coaches right now, if not for what happened, but they are still very highly paid assistants that have kind of bounced around the coaching ranks. Now, you know, turning to TCU for a second, um, they recently brought over Kaz Kazadi, who was a strength and conditioning coach at SMU. And he was also on that staff at Baylor. Um, and he was approached by the mom of a student mm-hmm. who reported that some um, Baylor players had uh, assaulted her daughter. And he apparently, the way he handled that was to talk to those young men. And then after talking to those young men himself, decided, well, I don't think that's actually what happened. And then there was, you know, different stories about how much right. he told to Art Bryles, you know, if he sent this up the chain of command. Um there were a ton of issues there, obviously, but like these people are at fault and they're still getting opportunities. Um, and like, let's be honest about it. I mean, a lot of schools in the big 12 have sort of taken a, a righteous high ground against Baylor. And I think deservedly so like what happened there was awful, but it's hard to stand here and be like, Oh, that was terrible. And that was all Baylor's fault. And that was a specific Baylor issue. If you're still hiring these people. And if when you're asked about hiring them, your only response is, well, we talked to these folks and we think they're okay. Like in my mind, that's just not enough. We need to know more than that. They need to come out and, you know, answer some questions and, and they're not going to, and I get that's how it works. And that's one of the reasons that these coaches like college athletics is because, you can insulate yourself from the media yes. as much as yes. you want, especially if you're an assistant coach. Um, but yeah, Jeff Levy is a great offensive mind. I think he's going to do a fantastic job at Oklahoma from a football perspective. And like, I, I can't even unequivocally say that he should never coach again, because I honestly don't know totally and completely how much this was his fault. But I do know from what little he said publicly and privately since it happened, it doesn't seem like he thinks he was part of the problem. And it doesn't seem right. like he thinks his father-in-law was part of the problem. And that and our brows never thought he saw like, thought he was part of the problem either. Right. That's no, I mean, he's, still, su- he's, yeah, he's still got a lawsuit against Baylor that is basically saying, 
this was a university-wide problem and I was just yeah. caught up in the middle of it. Right. You know? uh, Linda, I want to ask you, because you, so you follow, there, there's been two car washes, right? There is the Nick Saban car wash. And for some reason now we're getting the Lane Kiffin car wash, which um, I don't understand this one because, you know, you tracked NFL in college and Lane Kiffin's career has been spotty in both. Um, but it seems like it's just like people think that if they give it enough time, it'll end up being, it'll, it'll be fine. And I'm not sure they're gonna have to answer all the questions about Levy now, but I think the fact that he's going to a school like Oklahoma and we know the level of, uh, we know the level of success Levy's had, we know the level of success Oklahoma's had, you push those two things together and it's rightful to think that, Hey, if he's good enough and he's at a really pretty young age, he's probably gonna get a head coaching job. And that's where the rubber is going to meet the road. And it's coming soon. Um, you know, is that is that where you see the situation going? That, that this is kind of where we're heading? Like, not all the questions are going to be answered soon, but we're about to get Jeff Levy at a great school where it's going to propel him to the next level. Um, and is it just like, are we allowing time to heal all wounds, even though it shouldn't? What are you reading the situation? Yeah, I think we definitely rely on just like laying low and staying quiet and hoping that things go away a lot. Like, Second chances, that's a thing that's you've just seen under every every critical post about Jeff Levy. People are like, oh, you don't believe in second chances. Well, first of all, not a second chance. This is like the third school he's been at since Baylor. So miss me with that. He got a second chance immediately. And also, right. no, I don't think he deserves it yet. He hasn't come out and said, hey, I did a bad thing. Our brows doesn't think he did a bad thing. And that's the issue. They're going to come out and apologize and go like, sorry, you felt that I did something wrong, which is not an apology. If they can't admit wrongdoing, then I don't give a damn if they get a second chance or forgiveness, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, as you can tell. But for sure, I've seen NFL and college coaches turn a blind eye, schools turn a blind eye to all kinds of insane things that you think. Tyreek Hill plays football, right? Yeah, Tyree Joe Mason played football. I, there's yeah. all kinds of all kinds of players that have continued to play that you're like, oh, he'll never play again, and then they're back out there on right. Sunday. Um, when you look at like track records of players, players that end up getting arrested in the NFL for some assault, battery, whatever it is, if you look at their college career, there is almost, I would say, seventy percent of the time they got in trouble in some form or fashion, whether they got arrested for it or not. There's some kind of indication that something was going to go wrong, but they're good at catching the football or they run really fast or they can pancake a guy. So we just, we're trying to win. So we just, we'll just push that aside and never ever hold anybody accountable. And I get it. I get that this is a sport that I chose to like love with my entire being. So it sucks when it breaks my heart, like it does, but that's just, I mean, it's just part of it. Yeah. John, I want to go to you like one more time on this thing, but like we know how thorough Joe Castiglione is. And also uh, Oklahoma's compliance department was a very notable reason and a point of friction for Lincoln Riley. So this is not a school that, that lacks a history of compliance. I know the Joe, I know Joe Mixon's Joe Mixon scenario withstanding. And I'm sure there's obviously some others elsewhere. And there always is a lot of these places, but like they, Oklahoma does have a, you know, with the athletic director they have and the, um, the compliance department, obviously, like th- this, it's, this is why it kind of feels like a weird marriage, right? So it feels like Oklahoma might be giving a little bit of ground in that regard and saying, all right, we have to, you know, Lincoln's gone. We got to kind of 
shape up and go for the kind of go for the kill because we're about to go to the SEC. So, and I, and I don't blame them in that respect. Well, some of it is the guy has a history with Oklahoma. Like he's right. He's it, yes, exactly. He knows Venables. You know, he's he knows Bob Stoops. Like I think some of it comes back to that. Like if he didn't have a history there and he was kind of an outsider, I think maybe they'd be a little bit more more reluctant. But it you know from the beginning, as soon as Brent Venables' name came up in the head coaching search, Jeff Levy was attached to it. You mm-hmm. know, from day one, and so this is something that has been brewing for a week and a half now. Um, and yeah, it, it, I think if there's a, a athletic department that could take the PR hit to make something like this happen, it's Joe Castiglione's athletic department, because for the most part, it's, it's been run pretty clean. I mean, as far as we know, right. There's, you never right. know, like until that's, you, and that's it's everywhere like, too. So I'm, I'm the, yes. yes. Um, but yeah, it, it runs pretty clean and, I mean, Bob Stoops is a guy that is not unwilling to give people opportunities despite past, you know, transgressions. And I mean, I, and I get like Jeff Levy's stance on Art Bryles. Like if it was my father-in-law, you know, like uh, yeah. there's a good chance. I'd what, are you to, right, what are you going to do? What are you going to do there? But like, yeah, you know, it's, it's the family. It's, it's, yes. Yes. But, I but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, Which it doesn't make it okay, but like it's right. a really difficult spot. But we can't be selling T-shirts. No, for sure. That's for sure. I'd be like, yeah, let's yeah. just yeah, yeah, quiet. No, just, <laughs> let's just get quiet. Um, yeah. So I hope I hope that you know the beat writers you know around Oklahoma football and I, I t- technically I could actually probably go ask the question myself if I could show right. up to a press conference three hours away. Um, <laughs> you know, like hopefully they'll ask the questions and they'll get an opportunity to speak with them because he, I think he's due to ask some hard questions or answer some hard questions. And I mean, I don't know if they will. And, um, but I imagine that there's going to be at least one or two guys that really ask him the difficult questions. Cause it's what the fans deserve. It's what the university community deserves. And it really, it's what anybody who follows college football deserves is to see, like see this guy kind of sweat uh, under the pressure of, of, you know, the public scrutiny. Um, but just from like, like you all said, from an X's and O standpoint, yeah, it's, it, a home run. it's good. It's a home run. It's It'll work. Run. I mean, hopefully it means Caleb Williams stays, but it still just feels, it feels weird. You know? Yeah. But, I, but again, the, I, root, you know, I like, I root for the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas right. Cowboys have had notorious. Yes. They, they, second chance to you is what I think. They, they yeah. Should be, and so, I mean, it, it, it's ugly. It's the, the ugly part of professional right. sports and college athletics at this point. And it is what it is. Yeah. I think, I think the big question for me is like that guy goes in somebody's home and like, why should parents believe him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why should a parent believe you're going to look out for the kid? That, that's, that's, that, that's kind of my, that, that's the question. That's, that's where, that's where my question would come from. If I was in, if I was in the room, but that's just me. Uh, all right. There are some insane okay. parents. I don't mean to interrupt, but there are no. some wild parents that are like, well, I don't care. If- if what you're part of Matt Corral, why money? If you're a parent of, yeah. a, of a kid who's like a Matt Corral, why would you say no? This kid's going to make you know this guy can make your son yeah. millions of dollars. And Matt's, I mean, yeah. it's like Matt Corral needed Jeff Levy, but like obviously you know he he you know was a They're dark horse Heisman finalist and had a great season, and that a lot of it is because Jeff Levy. Yeah. So yeah. sorry. Uh, all right, no, no, you're good. No, uh, quick word here from our sponsor, Prize Picks. If you guys want over-unders, and I made this joke earlier in the week, if you wanted to bet the over on Spencer Sanders' interceptions on Saturday, uh, you would have hit the over. Sorry, Linda. It's just a reality of the situation. It's still such a good joke. As somebody who bet on Oklahoma State, I'm still very upset with the outcome. So both can be true. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So go check out Price Picks. Uh, Right now, the app is available in most states. 
Use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N Locked On. You'll receive a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred bucks today. So go check them out. Prize Picks. Download that app today. All right. So uh, Linda, uh, this is sadness. Sadness. Yeah. Sadness. Just how, yeah. Oh, how just are we doing? Beat up on Linda segment. That's what we're doing. No. Okay. But from, so, so here's a so here's a problem. We just spent twenty minutes beating up on. Yeah. <laughs> John. John's so, I know. I'm sensitive. All right. So here is so. This felt like it was coming with Jim Knowles like leaving. Now Ohio State is tough, but it felt like from what we were hearing, it was you know, and Gundy had the blank checks pretty tough comment last week. And you've been on this. You've been saying give Jim Knowles whatever he wants. I'm with you. I, I believe you are correct in that statement. Um, but when a job like Ohio State comes and asks you and you get to thinking about boy, what could his what could his defense look look, look like when you get Ohio State's athletes involved? Oh boy. I mean, it could be absolutely just out of this world. Good. But I, I, how are you feeling? Uh, and what is, what's the next step? What are they looking for on defense? Cause they still have a lot of really good defensive personnel left. I was not okay. Uh, early when the news hit, I was like, don't talk to me. Like I'm going to need several days to recover, but I actually bounced back pretty quick. Like I understand the appeal of Ohio State. There is, in terms of college football coaching jobs, Ohio State's pretty high on that list. So I understand that appeal they're giving him. I think they offered a little bit more money than we did. So it was really, I mean, how do you turn that down? So I can't fault him for that. I'm sad we're losing him, but it's on to the next one. You know, he's going to finish out the season at the bowl game, but there's been some talk about Gary Patterson. Some fans are pushing for some Gary Patterson. Def- yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Gundy and it. Gary Patterson in the Yo. same coaching staff. Oh, he's gonna my. put a song out. Gundy's gonna be featured on it, and I can't. <laughs> Gundy will just yeah, he'll he'll sing backup. <laughs> yeah, I can't. So I'm not entirely down for that. No offense to Gary Patterson. I hope he doesn't block me on Twitter. He's a little old for the kind of hire that I want to make. And also I think he's going to want more money than I'm willing to give to, uh, than I think we would want to give. I want to stay inside of uh, the coaching tree that we've already got at uh, at Oklahoma state. I like Joe Bob Clements a lot, the defensive line coach. He's been there since 2013. So he knows this defense really well. And uh, they seem to really like him in the locker room. I mean, he's always in the middle of uh, huddles and stuff. So I, I like Joe Bob Clements. I'll be, you know, keeping an eye on it. But Gary Patterson is going to be a – that would be – for for entertainment purposes, for, like, TV oh. ratings, that's Tell hard me. To I mean, that's that's great. I mean, it might not be always fun for you, but, like, for, you know, somebody just – Yeah, I'm not going to like it at all. <laughs> endless shows, endless shows. I think what's, what's interesting is Oklahoma State's defense has been maligned for a long time. And it wasn't like – Jim Knowles came in and the personnel changed a bunch. It did in some respects, but like what they do, like just the way they get after you, they use a lot of creativity, right? They, they use, they just, they send the kitchen sink at you and they confuse you. Right. I mean, we saw Caleb Williams in that second half against Oklahoma state and the fact that they were able to flip a switch and Blake shape, another great example, right? Two completely different halves. The fact they're able to confuse quarterbacks like that, so with pretty much a lot of ease, just due to 15 minutes of, of, of halftime, they were able to flip a switch. And that just that just shows you how, how well coached they were. And those players, too, super receptive. And I think the fact they use guys like, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez and 
Colin Oliver's not big. He's really good, but he's not big, right? So yeah, he's good though. He's it's exactly right, and, <laughs> and that's part of that's coaching, part of that's his ability. But I think you're right. I think after seeing how well they were, how successful they were under the, the former regime, you kind of want to keep some of that with there, right? You, you don't want to switch up any defensive philosophy. Do you agree? Right, absolutely, and I want to do it quickly because um, you know we started working on building that defense because we had Jim Knowles and we knew what we had in there. We got a lot of vets coming back, but I want to make sure that we can keep it as intact as possible. Uh, all right. One more quick word from a sponsor and we'll get on to the TCU corner, which is everybody's favorite part of the show here. Uh, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the best place for all of your sports action needs, whether it is parlays, uh, prop bets, all those kinds of things you can find on UFC, Formula One, basketball, baseball, football, basketball on both college and pro. They've got it, betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N, locked on. You'll receive a 50% deposit bonus today. That is locked on at betonline.ag. Betonline is where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That is built.com. Check out all the uh, built bars, the built go, the built boost, and use the promo code LOCK15, L O C K E D 15, LOCK15. You'll receive a 15% discount today. Also, it's holiday season, so don't reach for the pie, reach for a built bar. You can still enjoy it. It's delicious. It's like a dessert. We can still go for a run or get a workout in afterwards. So go to built.com, promo code LOCK15. Check that out today. All right, TCU Corner. Um, uh, we did get to hear from you, Stephen, about the. A helicopter landing, I don't think. So tell us about the spinning helicopter. Here's a new coach, which really is not surprising because we knew it was going to be Sonny Dykes the entire time. So kind of a letdown. And also you got a new defensive coordinator uh, as well in John Gillespie. So uh, talk about what's happening uh, in Fort Worth right now. Yeah, so the helicopter thing is interesting. And the reason it was fascinating to me is that was like once a year – Gary would take that out. That was sort of their flex that they would do. Once a season, he would ride the helicopter to a high school game and he would hop out and he'd do a recruiting visit and then he'd get out and go. So I guess that's TCU's property. Like I always sort of thought that was maybe Coach Patterson's whirly bird that he had. But I guess in the divorce, TCU got to keep the frog copter, which is really cool. So we had Sonny Dykes, who is not the swaggiest person alive, but I feel like everybody likes kind of cool getting out of a helicopter. So you know, it was sort of like a cool moment, and there were there were some fans in the stands. I think it could have been a little more well attended. It wasn't like that, you know, cult that surrounded Brett Venables when he touched down in Oklahoma. Like, that was like if North Korea got a new head coach. I mean, it was just everybody was out there cheering, <laughs> chanting. I liked it, John. John, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, it, was, I, it, was, it was like if North Korea got a new head coach. It's but true. TCU's, but yeah. TCU's was still better than USC's. <laughs> That's true. That was – okay, so we have a quick discussion about this. So what happened? Like, I, I watched the video. Can somebody tell me what I was watching? I don't know, but the best mashup was the guy that put it together with the "What's up with that?" skit from SNL. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so awkward to watch. I, I will I, say, Oklahoma Twitter taking a victory. So he, it's okay. So things I didn't like: the Oklahoma senator, state senator, being like, "The last three inches of highway need to be embarrassing." That was that's embarrassing. Now Oklahoma Twitter reveling like this is hilarious because you know Lincoln Riley hated that shit. I mean, yeah, that yeah. is that is his least favorite thing in the world was being on that stage and being like, this is awful. Like somebody yeah. 
like somebody you know just pulled me off stage. They had like you know, you know ten members of the marching band and, and three cheerleaders and three cheerleaders in the front, and, and they were there were the sunglasses too on the marching band members. Yeah, and somebody pointed it out. It looked like they were like in the in the student union or something like that. You could tell in the back <laughs> there's like these like high. And you hear the mics like, in the background too, which yeah, was the best part. You could hear them talking was, the microphones. Man, it was it was it 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 definitely like the Monday show that the OU athletic department put on for Brent Venables was absolutely incredible. And right. And their response was it missed the mark a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I, I think the, the part and you know, Oklahoma is always going to do it right with that kind of stuff. The part that was funny was like what Steven said was like the airport watch. Yeah. Like once it was out, it's like plane to Greenville. It's <laughs> right. about to leave. And it's like, and, and I mean, it goes to what we talked about with Eddie Rodasevich with the whole, like, yeah. you know, the bus stop bit, which yeah. was, you know, hilarious. And, and everything on that has been really fun. I will, I will say this, that kind of stuff is really refreshing in this time because like there is so much, um, I, like, I think the dollar figures are kind of the emblematic part of like how intense everything is. It's like Brian Kelly, a hundred million dollars, Mel Tucker, $95 million. It's like, can we just all come like Mel Tucker won like how many games this year? Like, I think Mel Tucker's coach, like we don't all just, like yeah. we all just chill, just t- just take a break here, and you know we don't we don't have to hand everybody a ton of money. We also don't need to be tracking flight. Like, can everybody just calm down, just a touch? I understand it's a sport, but I think we all need to. This this is the time when I mean message board geniuses. I'm sure you all follow it. This that that account was made for this time yeah. in, in yeah. college ball. It's well, so I good. Think, but I think Josh, like both Oklahoma and CCU, it's been so long since they've had a coaching search. Like this right. is kind of like an older divorcee getting out on Tinder. I mean, it's, 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 it's a casual thing, but they really don't know how to handle it. Like you're just trying to, you know, you're reminding me of my, so my, okay, so my, so my aunts, this is reminding me, it's like my aunt. Had oh her, no. She had her, don't she, had her, so she had her, I love Aunt Irene, shout out. So she had her third <laughs> wedding and she had like, like, like ACDC. She was coming down the aisle to it. And you're like, I guess you got to do it. Right. Third wedding. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, what the hell, man? Like, let's just, let's just get after it. Right. Dude, Probably last time you're going to do it your Dude, entire life. And, you know? Yeah. No. And, and she's oh, great. Bad. And she's, She's, you know, hilarious, but, you know, highway to hell doesn't need to be playing while you're walking down the aisle. That's the same way I felt when I was, when I was watching when I was watching Oklahoma and it was that awful, like, Oklahoma, it was, I think it's black and yellow, but it's like Boomer Sooner. I'm like, please, please, not, like, please not do this. Um, like, so t- and then, I mean, I don't think we, t- obviously everybody's talked about this to death. I, did we talk about Brian Kelly last week? I don't know if we didn't. No, we didn't. Something. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Like, we didn't talk about the accent. No. So this is so it happened to Mac Brown. Um, you know his accent changed a little bit depending, depending on where, where he was. But like when he dropped the family, I was like, <laughs> I was like this. Like I just, this is the dumbest sport in the world, is it not? <laughs> yeah, How it dumb? <laughs> We're tracking flights. We got people changing accents. We got Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner. We got the band, the USC, like. What in the world are we doing? What it's just, I, I mean, I had a blast on Sunday. All day it's, yeah, I mean, all the, <laughs> the very last first, week's been a blast from the very first Bruce Feldman, you know, Oklahoma leadership is on their way to South Carolina right. report. I was like, let's go, this is gonna be a right. great day, right? And then you have the you know, the I mean, Mario Cristobal, which is we should mention this too. You know, the crazy part of all this coaching season is that we started off the year with two things being on the coaching side of things. Number one, Matt Campbell is probably gone. Number two, Matt Wells probably had to win seven games. And look what we ended up with. 
<laughs> we lost we lost JP. We lost Matt Wells halfway through the season. We lost Lincoln Riley. We lost Jim Knowles. We got we we acquired a Sonny Dykes. We got a Brent Venables in there. Uh, I mean, we you know just kind of all this crazy. You know, the job that Notre Dame, that, that we think a guy like Matt Campbell would want opened up and Luke Fickle, none of them left. Uh, Kalani Sataki is rumored for every job west of the Rockies, right? And I mean, and, and also, you know, people are like, well, who's Oregon going to hire? Matt Campbell's out there. You know, it's just Chuck Matt. Lane Kiffin's putting his name in for every single job. Like, we're not done yet. You know, we're not. And also, we're not accounting for NFL jobs yet. We haven't accounted, and and Matt Campbell did get did get at least one NFL offer last year. So, and also Ryan Day is out there. I, I don't think there's, I don't think it's a done deal that Ryan Day stays in college. So, like this is there's no way that anything ever gets crazier than this coaching cycle. People kind of say this stuff all the time. Do we all agree this is as crazy as it gets? Yeah, probably so. I mean, there were just so many high profile jobs. Like LSU comes open, and then that leads to Notre Dame coming open. And, you know, I feel – I won't take credit for the state because I, I think it was actually Bamani Jones who put this out there. But it's actually pretty rare for a Power 5 coach to leave for another Power 5 school. Like, it, you know, it, it doesn't happen as much – as much as we throw these rumors out here, in most cases it's usually an assistant. It's somebody from a smaller conference that makes the jump. But we saw Lincoln Riley go to USC. We saw uh, Mario Cristobal go to Miami. Um, we saw – or we saw Brian Kelly go to LSU for Notre Dame. And now we'll see what Oregon does. Maybe it's Chip Kelly. Maybe it's, you know, one of the big 12 coaches, but there's just been so much movement. I, I think it's fair. But the other part of that is Josh, like the schools get even more impatient because like we're seeing part of this movement is like coaches are antsy. Administrators are antsy. They're shorter fuses. No, so I think is, that's the only thing. That COVID. I think it's post COVID because and this is a lot of stuff. I'll give you guys a weird example of this. So I was just back at my own school, Mizzou, yesterday, talking to the person who coordinates student media. And she tells me, hey, we've had, we've had a record number of people sign up this year. You know why? People just wanted to get out and do anything, do something. And so I feel like after a COVID year, these schools are like, let's just – let's do something. We got we got to do something, right? We got mm-hmm. we, we to we – and look, like was it right in some situations? Yeah, I think Texas Tech got it right. Yeah, I think TCU got it right. Um, you know, Brian Kelly's like, yeah, we got to make a change. got to make a change. And he might be right to do it. You know what I mean? But I just think, I feel like COVID probably accelerated a lot of those things. Um, I'm not sure. Do you guys agree with that statement or not? I mean, I, I think it's people in general, like we got to do something. And especially like, the schools, you know, they've got all this money. Like we, we can do it. We can pay Mel Tucker $90 million. <laughs> we, we, you know, should we? Like, you know, should we do this? I don't think I, there was any should we. I think we made decisions and we just acted on them. That's how right. I've been after. I'm just like, well, I'll just do it. What like what's going to happen? Right. And so right. I respect it. We're, we turned into a bunch of yes men. It's great. Yeah. And I, I mean, also the argument of, uh, you know, we spend every dollar we make. There's no money for the kids. Yeah. My ass. My <laughs> ass. That's where I, That one's out the window. Sorry. Um, all right. Bowl games. So this is the problem with bowl games now. We never know who's playing and who's not. So, Lynn, I'm going to go to you first on this one. I think you guys are in great shape. I think I think it's a big opportunity for Oklahoma State because they're not usually on the stage. And, you know, they come close sometimes. But, like, this, you know, it's a great opportunity. Playing a team like Notre Dame. And also, I'm not sure if you, I'm sure you guys actually all saw the video. Those players seem, seem like they want to play for Marcus Freeman. So, I expect them to come to play in the first game for their, new head, their head coach as well. So, uh, if I had to rank all the Big 12 games, I would say it's number one for me, Linda. 
I'm very excited for the game. I think we can take Notre Dame. They didn't beat any top 25 teams. They lost to Cincinnati at home. I think we can take Notre Dame, but like you said, they clearly uh, – Mark Marcus Freeman is that player's coach kind of guy. I would be lying if I didn't say, like, I'm rooting for him outside of this game. I hate that Oklahoma State has to hand him his first loss. That's tough on me because I'm cheering for him. That right. video of him walking into the locker room sent me into a blubbering disaster of a mess. But I do think our defense is back or is is going to play really well against them, and it does sound like Jalen Warren – is going to be back for that bowl game and healthy. So if, if that all happens, if we can stay healthy, I think we have a really good chance of winning that game, but it'll be a good one. John, Oregon versus Oklahoma looks good on paper, but then you look at the, all the circumstances surrounding it, it becomes a really bizarre, weird game that is taking place in the Alamo Bowl. Um, it would be a highly ranked game for me if I was doing bowl power rankings, but like, who the hell knows who's going to play and who's coaching who and what's going to look yeah. like. Yeah, you know, it's it's the interim coach bowl, but there's a bit of there's a bit of heat here because the last time these two teams met was in 2006 with the controversial onside kick uh call that should have never been called and confirmed on replay. Ridiculous. If you want to make yourself angry at officiating, go find that on YouTube. It it's egregious. Or like, watch an Impact 12 game. That's, yeah, or watch Impact 12. Yeah. But and then and then after that a blown defensive pass interference call on a tipped ball. So we, Oklahoma fans so are Oklahoma fans still mad, aren't they? They seem yeah, pretty yeah, we're pretty fired up about this one. Bob Stoops is is going to be coaching, so that's that going to be true. a lot of fun. Keep you can see him on the sideline again, you know, getting to coach some of the guys that he recruited that are, you know, some of the fifth year seniors. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, it, it's going to be it's lost a little bit of its luster. Kayvon Thibodeau won't play. He's opted out. Nick Bonito's opted out. Uh, Brian Osamoa as well. Perrin Winfrey. Probably we're going to see Jalen Redmond opt out. But it's a great chance for some of the younger guys like a Danny Stutzman right. or Reggie Grimes to get an opportunity to, to get some quality snaps against a really good competition in an Oregon Ducks team. And, Stephen, the important part about a lot of these is that it's, it's what John's talking about, the, the thing playing, but the young guys getting double-digit practices – that is the big thing, right? You get the drill, double-digit practices, and also those guys get to use those practices to play against, in some, in some cases, and generally speaking, against good, solid competition on the other side in a lot of these games. TCU is not in a bowl game, so let you have the board in terms of Big 12 games, and I'll let you even pick games from the teams that are joining the Big 12, and those teams have bowl games. Give me a couple you're looking at here. Man, yeah, that's it. That is a big part of this is the the practices for sure. Like that's why coaches like it. I think in some cases coaches don't even really care to play uh, the game. Actually, they just want the you know modified spring ball in a lot of ways. But right, um, yeah, like this will be a good bowl season. I like Baylor and Old Miss. Like I think you know it, there's a little bit of uncertainty with that Old Miss staff, but. Um, Dave Rand has done such a nice job. By uncertainty, do you mean their head coach wants to leave desperately because yeah. he's named for every job available? Seems like it. Seems like that's the case. Uh, Lane Kiffin giving some giving some fun, you know, pokes out there, and apparently maybe some of that's real. So we'll see, you know, who shows up. But a weird factoid that I stumbled across because I just sort of thought of this and I looked it up. Baylor hasn't won a New Year's Six bowl game since 1956. Like they had a couple chances with uh, Matt Rule, he lost the Sugar Bowl to Georgia, and then he who should not be named lost to uh, Blake Bortles at UCF, and then they <laughs> got beat by Michigan State. So they were zero and two 
and they're in the Cotton Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl and the Bryles era. So it's been a long time since they've won like a huge bowl game. Which and then they played Georgia incredible. with Matt Rule, correct? Yeah, in 2019, and they got beat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that Georgia team, you know, they had like obviously SEC bowl game. So they had a lot of reserves out there, but still Baylor couldn't find a way. So um, <laughs> that'll be intriguing. And, you know, I, I like that you said um, game from the future Big 12 because I want to see what BYU does close out the season and I know it's a bad opponent and UAB No, UAB's decent. Don't no 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 no. UAB, UAB is the one L on on UTSA's record. I okay, I should say um they are, you know, not not the high profile game maybe you right. wanted if you are a BYU fan. Um but a chance to make a statement for them and they've had such a good season. We'd like to see them go out with a dub. So yeah, those are the two that come to mind. And you and and BYU being 10 to a number 13 in the playoff rankings and playing in this bowl game. Uh, and Jacob told us too, Jacob Hatch, Locked Out Cougars, for the, as you guys don't know, usually comes on here with us. He mentioned that as a reason they're joining the Big 12, right? 10 and 2 and ranked that high. And let's be honest, they beat a lot of Power 5 opponents on the way too. And they, their schedule was not easy. A 10 and 2 of that schedule deserves more than the bowl game they're going to. Uh, we, can all, we can all acknowledge that. Oh, and I'm sorry, before I forget, I, I I think Mike Leach is kind of overrated as like an interesting, funny person. Like I feel like we've sort of beaten that angle into the ground, but I do want to see Mississippi state and Texas tech. Like that's fun. There's some intrigue there. Um, You know, tech like tech finally has some juice really. I think for the first time since the Leach era ended with Joey McGuire, I I guess you could argue they had that for a little while with Kingsbury and Mahomes. but you know, I know he's not coaching the bowl game. Sonny Cumbie is sort of still the start of a new era though against the one guy that really won big there um, who's not Mississippi State. That should be intriguing. Yeah, we got to mention Texas Tech, Tim DeRuiter is going to take that job as defensive coordinator too. So, guy with a lot of experience, Oregon defensive coordinator, Mario Cristobal goes to Miami, not going to take him with him. So, DeRuiter is going to go to Texas Tech. Actually, a pretty decent hire. I think it's a pretty decent get for Texas Tech. And, I mean, look, I don't think Quinn Ewers is going to go to Texas Tech, but – I mean, he's visiting, which is like, here's the thing. How does he not go to Texas? Like, the te- Texas problem is so, on offense, is so clearly, well, number one, offensive line getting pushed around late in games is a problem. But, like, they need a quarterback. That's what that team needs. They're switching quarterbacks in the 11th game of the season this year. They're switching quarterbacks. If they get Quinn Ewers, that changes everything for them. And the fact that Sark's getting a second chance at this guy, I mean, it's I he's got to go to Texas, right? What do we think of your people? I mean, for my money, I'd stay away from the kid. To be honest, like he like, bailed in his high school team a month before the season started to to go get some NIL money, and then it didn't work out at Ohio State. And he's well, it just turns court. out he's got he's got a generational well yeah generational. I mean CJ Stroud he's got, he's got, well, you know, the, I don't know their, I just I John, think CJ Stroud would be their best quarterback like, for all the crap people gave Spencer Rattler for chasing money and how it potentially distracted I have no problem Oklahoma like let's 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 be this real is, let's talk about Quinn Ewers a little bit like this is guys this is a rich person talking right now this is a quarterback rich person talking right now <laughs> you go maybe, get, wouldn't, maybe wouldn't, I am. wouldn't touch it <laughs> talk to me a month from now I may not have a quarterback now so Texas Texas and the department's broke as hell they need quarterback badly um Texas Tech is really weird because like they have currently Donovan Smith who I don't think is bad 
who like I, I don't Josh, no, don't do this take. It doesn't matter who's in that room. I know no, 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 no. Some nice no, 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 no. What, I'm, like, what I'm saying, no, what I'm saying all the shows up last, last year, last year, no, yes, well, he should. But they also have Baron Morton, who is who is he's what? He's one of the like seven or eight highest ranked recruits they've ever had at Texas Tech. Yes, and yes, well, and, I mean, okay, no, hold on, let me, oh, let me finish the take. Let me finish. Yes, let me finish the take here. Let me finish the take here. They're also now in the running for. Well, Tyler Shuck, to my knowledge, does not um, say he's not coming back. The, the kid had the uh, repeat this the sixth highest odds to be the number one pick to start off the season, according to BetOnline.ag. The sixth highest odds, and now also they're getting interest from a kid who was the was the second best quarterback ever. And according to 24-7 sports ratings, Steven, I'm not saying if he goes there, there's some kind of quarterback battle. I'm saying that, look, it's actually a pretty decent situation. It's it's like, I think no matter what happens, they're going to have at least one decent quarterback next year. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not okay. trying to say they're going to pass on Quinn Ewers. I'm sorry. I just saw this. I saw this out on Twitter there. And people were like, actually, Tech's quarterback room is more crowded than you think. And I'm like, okay, grow up. Like, if Quinn Ewers shows up. Steven, do you, have a, do you have a Quinn Ewers NFT that you're not talking about? Yeah, fan that? Base. That's I do. Like, I'm a fanboy. No, I just like, it, no, it's just, so TCU is out on him. He visited on Monday, but, like, they're out on him. But I think what annoyed me is, like, as soon as they got out on him, there's fans on message boards who are like, well, I didn't want him anyway because he wants money. Like, <laughs> yes, you did. We didn't want him, right? No, it's it's complete. It's complete. Yeah. Yeah. John, John, like, John, I've been we, there. We, we wrote about him over at Sooners Wire. I mean, right. we at least explored the possibility of Quinn Ewers to Oklahoma. I mean, he's not interested. You know, right now Caleb Williams is there, so it doesn't really make sense for him to go there. And obviously, if he came, it'd be you'd get a really, really talented quarterback. But all those questions that people had about Spencer Rattler taking million-dollar NIL deals over the summer and how that might distract him, they're going to follow Quinn Ewers right to Oklahoma or right to Texas, wherever he goes. I mean, that it's it's definitely something that has to it be just, considered with him. It's it is what it is. Can he overcome he go to Ohio the, State? NIL, the money? Like, but like, why would you? Like, you're not going to. CJ Stroud was a five-star, I believe, right? I mean. Why the would kid, you go there? The kid thinks pretty highly of himself, it seems like. Yeah, right, because nobody's but, ever understand humbled that. him. Well, and see, no, the but it's a lot of these kids. And see, the biggest, the biggest I issue like I have... Making, I, I feel like we're making a lot of proclamations about a dude that we've like, never <laughs> no, heard no, 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 okay, but here's, no, here's my point, is, is that you, you, can be a, you can be Quinn Ewers. There are so many other schools that, need, that, could, that could have used him. There are so many other ones. I just don't know why you go to a school where you like where you are going to be competing with another five star. Like it's just it's just oh, a no, reality. I get it, but why? Well, why do all why do all of them go to Alabama and Clemson and not like? But, where they but here's the thing: why would you why would you not go to Texas where you're going? You are going to play. I'm sorry, Hudson Car- like that. That's just a fact. He was going to play. And here's the thing: the skill players at Texas, like it's. Steve Sarkeesian is going to put you in positions to, to succeed. I never watched their offense here this year and was like, wow, Steve Sarkeesian is asking too much of his quarterback. It's like these guys cannot play and they cannot execute at certain times. That was a problem. So I know there was a coaching change and everything, but like, honestly, I thought the situation at Texas for Quinn Ewers probably got better when Tom Herman left as opposed to getting worse. So that, that's, yeah, that's, that's just that is something weird. that is something that was really confusing to me too. It's like you get a better offensive mind right. and then you decommit. It's the same question I have about – one of the the Oklahoma decommits that was a defensive tackle leaving after we get a better defensive line. I'm like, right. what kind of sense does that Who's make? Who's put like, a bunch of defensive linemen in the NFL? Yeah, so, yeah, 
I think it, it would be a huge boom for Texas, and obviously it moves the needle for them offensively because then you give Xavier Worthy somebody who can actually get him the ball down the field. I, I just think, like to me, if you bail, like your high school team is preparing for your season, and you're leaving a month before the season starts, it just it just Listen, does not. I I get it, but like I I consider myself person integrity. But if I was 17 years old. <laughs> And somebody offered me millions of dollars, I'd be like, peace. Like, listen, <laughs> business is business. That's true. I've never been there, so I can't That's say that, that I would not do that. I, I will say this. This is so funny because we never talk about recruiting on the show ever. Like we do like we never touch it. This is the first time that we've done this. So it's 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 odd for us to be in this space. And if it, you're it, still watching 48 minutes in, and it feels, it feels it feels it feels it feels it feels pretty icky for us to be like, this 17-year-old should have gone here. Myself being most guilty of it here. Because I it's one thing I hate. No, it's me too because it's the one thing on the message boards be like this kid's a dumbass like why did choose to go there but like all i will say all of this it is here's the thing like the reason why i kind of i, I feel bad for him it's like, he's a kid right he's yeah. he's making you know he's made a couple bad decisions which is fine like i made yeah a thousand more bad decisions. still racking them up. I, I don't think he's yeah. made a bad decision he's yeah he, also he's, he's, he's got uh, four years of ability and he's made a well, million no, dollars i i think going to ohio state was the um, he had well because he had played. He hadn't played last year, right? He didn't play. Right. He couldn't play. Actually, he couldn't play. Was yeah. he around the horn and give Stephen all the points for? Yes, for that point yes. Right there. <laughs> I've been muted on this one. All right, uh, let's touch on some hoops before we get out of here. Um, my uh, so TCU gets a big win tonight. Um, good to see Mike That's Miles, right, baby, at my TCU basketball school. Uh, Mike Miles going off. Porter Mosier just clapping his ass off in front of students. Great video. Love to see that one. Um, a, a great win that turned out to be not as great of a win over Florida as we once thought. Yeah, I mean, they just got pounded by Texas Southern. Yeah. What a what a weird, bizarre that one that was. Yep. Um, Mike Boyden still gives great press conferences. Uh, they're an interesting team, but still the you know a little bit less juice Oklahoma State. Um, so how do we like? This is a nice time, I think to just sit back and actually watch some college hoops. This weekend, I'll be going to Missouri, Kansas. Good to see that rivalry renewed. So, Stephen, do you enjoy this little buffer that we have? Army-Navy weekend, usually a very good basketball weekend. How do you like to, to kind of slide into your college basketball season? Yeah, no, I like this time of year. I mean, I'm not necessarily watching, like, games across the country right now, but I do like – Right. You didn't watch Marquette and Kansas State tonight. No, I didn't. But I do like checking out on the Big 12. I'll say is. I have to eat a little bit of crow. I was on the fire Jamie Dixon bandwagon theme oh, last year. Whoa. And I mean, they like, they have turned this roster completely around. I don't know. I think they're better. Here's like, I think they're better. They've had some good wins. They beat Utah. They beat Oral Roberts, who was obviously in the sweet 16 last season. Um, the issue is they're still in the big 12 and like their first three games of conference play is Baylor, Texas tech and Kansas. And so I could see them easily. zero and three, like to start, Big 12 schedule, but uh, I think they're a better team. They got some more firepower. Mike Miles, as you said, has been really good. But yeah, this is a, a cool time of year, and I'm I'm keeping you know one eye on basketball as we start to sort of hit the the home stretch of non conference play. I like these Big East Big 12 games that are coming mm-hmm. up. Um, that that's going to be some fun viewing in, in the next couple of weeks. John, uh, awesome! I know they lost the game, but awesome crowd last night. For at Lloyd Noble Center for Oklahoma and Butler, yeah, Porter Mosher's kind of turning himself into a king there. 
made a made a half court shot and got free student tickets for the rest of the season. That was a great edit for him, yeah. by the way. Nice edit for uh, yeah for old Porter Mosier there in that video. And so I mean, it's it's just super fun. I mean, the guy brings a ton of life, and it's a really interesting roster too with the Groves brothers and Jalen Hill is playing really really good ball right now. He was on the roster last year, but mm-hmm. seemed to be more of a rotational guy. But he's playing great. Elijah Harkless is the heart of this team, and it's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, they're still trying to kind of blend together. All these transfers that they got in, Jordan Goldwire from Duke, Ethan Chargeois from uh, SMU. And so it, I think I think it's going to be a good team. Obviously, you know, they're kind of that middle tier of, of basketball teams in the Big 12. But they've got, a, they've got some really interesting talent. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch it. And as the, the months roll along. Uh, Linda, how are we doing? How is the attitude that's still there at Oklahoma State? Still positive despite the ban? I mean, the ban is still like, like it just like lives in the back of my head and yes. I just deal with it on it. I just compartmentalize, but I still love Mike Boynton. I trust him with this team right now. We can't seem to get offense going against zone defense and coaches know it. They will go into zone defense to take a game out of our hands completely. I don't know what the issue is. We have fast breaks, a lot of really good defense, but we've got to get something going against the zone because when teams go into it, we can't beat it. And so that's going to be, that's going to fall on Mike Boynton uh, coaching these boys up and figuring out what works best. I really think one of his best attributes is messing with, with lineups and figuring out who does well off the bench and who does well as a starter and who plays well together. So we seem to always kind of skid into conference play. It's been a, a seems to be kind of a theme under Mike Boynton, which is fine with me if if he's figuring it out and and getting it under control. But I'd like to be more under control at this point in the season. Right. Um, I just want to mention top of the conference. Uh, Texas Tech and Tennessee made a mockery of the game of basketball at Madison Square Garden last night. Um, that being said. Mark Adams' team is really good. He is a he's going to be a, a pretty decent coach. The guy seems to know. Did you all see the video that he tonight? It's been circulated. Look it up now. He was doing an interview with ESPN during the Ohio State Toledo game and was holding a snake. I believe it was his pet snake, and he was discussing the mating patterns of snake of of snakes. Um, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And I was like, this guy last night just coached a team to hold one of the best players in the entire country. Uh, I forget the guard's name from, from Tennessee. But just shut him out and held him to 52 points in 45 minutes of basketball. And here he is the next night holding a snake, being like, this is my snake. He is in mating season. So um, coaches are just weird as hell, man. Uh, it appears it appears uh, Baylor is just – I mean, they're going to whip everybody's ass again this year. We're just going to – we're going to – you know, they haven't lost a game since like, you know, March uh, of, of last year, before the tournament last year. Um, they're on an amazing run. Kansas had the one fluky loss against uh, against Dayton. Dayton. And I mean, this is like this conference and even even I'm watching Kansas State tonight, like Kansas State lost for one Marquette. Marquette's a decent team. This is Iowa State is undefeated. What the hell, people? This I there are no, just there's going to be no easy games in this conference this year. Like last year, Kansas State was an easy game. Iowa State was an easy game, except for Oklahoma. Oh yeah, yes, except for, except for them. But are there any are there any easy games left in the conference now this year? Like, is anybody easy now? No, no. 
No, they're, they're the best basketball conference in the country. As I wear my, I'm wearing my Texas shirt <laughs> tonight, so supporting them. Um, and Texas is top 22. I forgot to mention Texas. All right, so uh, I kept you all way too long. I apologize, but you know I had to get multiple Good times. shows. Out of it. It's basketball season. I, yeah, I had to get multiple shows out of this because you know I'm you know visiting the girlfriend, got to spend quality time with her. So multiple shows here. All right, everybody, plug your uh, your content, all of its variety. Where to find you, Stephen? You are up first, leading us off. I'm at Simcox Stephen on Twitter. The show is at Locked On TCU and Locked On Horn Frogs. It's a podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Tune in and hear more of my uh, dumb takes like uh, like you did today. Jamie Nixon should be fired. All right, John, you're up. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Uh, you can send all of your uh, takes about me and Quinn Ewers to uh, at Simcox Steven. Um, but yeah, uh, Locked On uh, Sooners on Twitter, Locked On Sooners podcast on Facebook, and you can find it free and available on any podcast platform and on YouTube as well. And seriously, yeah, sorry, Quinn, my bad. Uh, I just want to mention on YouTube, um, John, I, I checked it out. You and I did a video together, and my my screen kept becoming, you know, it, fr- it froze yeah. up some. And somebody commented, somebody commented, I am drunk in my left eye because I was on the left side of the screen. So did not appreciate that comment from that person. Uh, I thought he was talking about like sometimes when I'm watching myself, I looks like I have like a little bit of a lazy eye. And I thought I, I, th- I think about. he was talking about how the left side of his screen, which was me, okay. was blurry for All half right. the show. So that makes a lot I'm more sense. My left eye. Uh, yeah. So yeah, shout out to that guy for for giving us some good, some good commentary there. All right, Linda, where can people find you and your work? Before I plug myself, I just want to say we covered men's college basketball, but mm, Baylor's yes. women college basketball team is also probably one of the best in the nation. So regardless of my feelings about Baylor, I have to shout out my ladies. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians. The show is at locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter and locked on posts on Facebook podcast apps that I'm not on YouTube yet. Cause it scares me. Uh, shout out Nikki Collin, uh, Baylor's women's basketball coach after losing Kim Mulkey. That's difficult. And um, yeah. So shout out to them. They're still very, very good. Uh, all right. You can find me on Twitter at Josh neighbors underscore. You can find the show at LO Big 12. You can find Locked on Big 12 podcast wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube. I will see you all next week.